0: Vox Pro. Powered by TELUS International. Customer experience is the new competitive battleground. And to compete at the highest level, you've got to have an edge. I'm Patrick Hawhey, content editor at Vox Pro. And we're all about beautiful customer experience. And this podcast is all about giving you that edge. Welcome to Vox Pro Studios. Now, many organizations are witnessing their customer measures like their NPS and their CSAT, those kind of metrics, plateau. And they're struggling to know what to do to move their customer experience to the next level. To address these new problems, new thinking is needed. You need to understand the, intu- the intuitions that drive your customer behavior at an emotional, subconscious and psychological level. Now, that's all according to a new book called The Intuitive Customer. Seven imperatives for moving your customer experience to the next level. This book written by CX thought leader Colin Shaw, who's the founder of Beyond Philosophy, and he joins me now. Colin, welcome to Rocks Pro Studios.
1: Hi, Patrick. How are you?
0: I'm very well, and I'm fascinated by your new book, so I'm looking forward to you taking me through it a little bit. Um, and just to sort of set the scene, essentially what you've done here, Colin, is you've bought behavioural economics and customer experience together. Can you tell us a little bit about this and, and what gave you the idea, and I suppose what, what behavioural economics is in this context?
1: Yeah, sure. It sounds, um, it sounds complicated and sort of very sciencey, y but um, it's actually very simple. Um, uh, it's all based upon the premise that, um, and here's a huge shock for your audience straight away, uh, that customers are people. Um, and um, as such, what you need to do is you need to understand people and you need to understand how they think and how they make decisions, uh, etc. So the evolution for us has been that most organizations consider their customers on a sort of a rational basis, you know, the price they charge, how quickly things are being delivered. Um, But actually all the evidence tells you is that customers don't buy rationally, they buy emotionally, and that's whether it's B2B or B2C. Um, But then the interesting question, and this is the area that we've sort of moved into over the last few years has been, understanding what causes an emotion. Uh, So not just the fact that a customer has emotion, but what causes that and that effectively is sort of around the subconscious and psychological aspects of understanding a person Uh, and all that. So the emotional subconscious psychological comes under a new science called behavioral economics, which, as I said, sounds grand, but it's not. Um, It's it's, you know, very simple. It's how do people behave? And the effect upon money. So behavioral economics is just how people behave and the effect upon money. Uh, and all we've done, therefore, is sort of to marry the the, the understanding of a customer uh, or a person, and therefore as a customer, and therefore apply that to what does that mean in a in a customer experience setting. Does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense, and and it, it prompts me to ask you: Do you think this sort of assumption that we think every customer is making decisions based on sort of rational factors rather than emotional factors can this be behind plateauing CSAT, Net Promoter Scores, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what happens is that what the reason that, that that plateauing is taking place is because a lot of the people's thinking is limited they are still thinking, for instance, as a classic example, that customers make decisions based upon price and they don't. Um, you know, it's much more complicated than that. And therefore I was talking to a client only the other day uh, who was saying that, that, you know, they've had their measures in and they haven't moved for the last, you know, two or three years. Well, the issue is, is they're measuring the wrong bloody thing, basically. Um, so, you know, you have to take a, you have to take a wider view and, and and moreover, the person doing the measurement and setting the measurement has to understand um, this subject in in a much further depth for it to be applicable.
0: OK, so the book um, is based on seven imperatives for moving your customer experience to the next level. Colin, can you take us through maybe one or two or three of these imperatives and, and just flesh them out a little bit for our, for our audience?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, the first one really sort of builds on what we were just talking about, which is that you need to recognize that customers decide emotionally and then justify with logic. Um, you know, if you think about your watch, if you think about the car you drive, if you think about the clothes that you wear, you know, the, those things are not just rational things. You haven't made just rational decisions on those. Um, uh, a lot of those choices are being made uh, emotionally. Uh, and that, again, one of the most common questions we get is, does that apply in the business-to-business setting? And the answer is, yes, it does. Um, the, 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 the other key thing that sort of ties in with this is understanding that, and this is another one of the imperatives, that customers' minds can be in conflict with each other. Um, and this introduces actually the, the title of the book, uh, The Intuitive Customer, um, because when we make decisions, we have we have a, we're, we have sort of two sides of the brain. We have um, the an intuitive side, and we have the rational side. So the intuitive side is is always on. Uh, it's it's you know if if somebody says, uh, do you want a cup of coffee or something like that? Then you know you say yes or no, and you do those things intuitively. If you think about um, typing or you think about driving a car you know those are things that you do intuitively you you get home at night and you can't remember driving home um, and uh, you know all of those things are, are are intuitive the rational side of the brain is where you have to think and i and i mean think from a conscious perspective if i then if i said to you now what's three hundred and ninety seven times four hundred and seventy two you would have to and i don't know the answer by the way um you,
0: so i can just you, guess <laughs> you won't know
1: <laughs> so, oh, so there's an interesting thing you see um because you could just guess uh and that would be using the intuitive side of your brain um mm-hmm. so the intuitive side is good at guessing okay um the rational side of the your brain would go right okay let me do that calculation let me think about it okay uh, and that again um, is, the, is sort of the key, uh, becomes the, the, the key factor on these things. So, the importance of this is that you want customers uh, to make intuitive decisions. Okay. Um, uh, so, you don't want customers to think about it, because if they think about it, then they may go, well you know this one's got that feature and that one's got this feature and you know blah 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 Uh, um, and therefore you want them to make intuitive decisions so as an example i would buy i buy apple products intuitively Mm -hmm. i don't have to think about what laptop i'm going to get or what 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 tablet i'm going to get the answer is apple basically Um, I don't I always go to Starbucks I always fly Delta I I always use my American Express card I don't think about those things anymore yeah yeah Um, but the the thinking side is where and and people sort of start to, to use this language and you can therefore hear this language with your customers if somebody says I've been thinking about this or I need to think about it or let me sleep on it or you raise a good point or probably, or depends, those show that there is some form of conscious thoughts going on. Uh, and those, you know, makes you realise that the, the customer is now rationally thinking about those things. Um, so it's important to understand, you know, those two aspects and move things more to the intuitive side. Does that make sense? It
0: does. I would have a question based on that: Is that if you have a very good product or service, does it does it does it matter if the customer thinks rationally about it? Because ultimately, whether it's intuitive or rational, you're the best, and they're going to stick with you either way.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so you're you're right. It, they would be turning around and saying, "Well, that's the best," and therefore it, it becomes a, an intuitive decision um it's when those things start to fall short that 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 there would be that there would be a challenge and when the other part of this is um when the intuitive side so the intuitive side is um is effortless the the rational side is um you have to physically think and use effort behind it so consequently what happens is that if the customer is feeling tired, if they are being distracted, if there is a noisy environment, um, then um, they will rely more on their intuitive thinking rather than their rational thinking. Uh, And therefore that can lead to uh, customers taking things back so if you're tired and you bought something, then the next day you wake up and you think, oh, I really shouldn't have paid that much for this. You know, it's not worth it. I'm now going to take it back or whatever. So, again, has lots of different impacts upon um, um, what customers do.
0: OK, so just to, to drill down to this one in the terms of, of customer experience, how can understanding that customers make decisions on a sort of an emotional basis? How can that understanding help companies and brands improve the customer experience for those customers
1: so first of all you need to understand where you are okay so you know are your customers making intuitive decision or, or rational decisions um, whereabouts are they making those decisions um, in 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 the, the the journey so mapping that on you know a customer journey um, and um, you know in what circumstances are those being caused the problem? So let me give you an example. We were dealing with a home improvements organization um, that sell um, double glazed windows okay And um, one of the things that we discovered was that um, after the guy had been to see the, the gone into the house to see the customer, customers were um, um, canceling a number of orders why because they were seeing the customers at night and had not designed their experience around the fact that customers would be tired and therefore would be using the intuitive system a little more than the the rational and therefore in the morning you know they would then go now you know I shouldn't have made that t- decision i was tired I'm I, not thinking straight you know blah 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 um, so it, it's about Embracing this and understanding where you are today, where you want to be tomorrow, where this is occurring in the journey, and what's the impact. Does that make you. sense?
0: That, absolutely. Um, okay, so that's that's one of the your imperatives. Give us an example of of maybe one of the other of the seven.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think probably the biggest one that uh, and the biggest thing that I've learned over the years has been has been this, uh, and this is the last imperative, which is recognizing that um customer loyalty uh is a is a function of memory okay Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you think about loyalty loyalty is an emotional attachment um and um it you can't be loyal to something unless you have a memory if every experience that we ever had was new um, then you would make different decisions. Loyalty, by definition, means you're going back to the same place, which by definition means that um, you have a memory of it. So the interesting question, if you want to drive customer loyalty, becomes how are memories formed, okay? Yep. Um, and what a guy called Professor Daniel Kahneman, who's won the Nobel Prize for Behavioral Economics, talks about is the fact that what people remember, or how people remember is they remember what's called the peak end rule Uh, so the peak end rule basically is what is the uh, peak emotion that a customer feels during an experience and what is the end emotion that a customer is feeling during an experience so again putting it into a customer experience context when you're looking at a customer journey where is the peak emotion being felt okay Mm -hmm. and that emotion could be obviously positive or negative. Um, and what's the end emotion that's being felt because that forms a memory, okay? If I was to say to you, um, you know, where were you at uh, 9-11 um, on that terrible day, I'm sure you'd be able to tell me exactly where you were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? Because there's like an emotional scar on your memory, okay? Um, and, and, and therefore it's like an email attachment Um, uh, memories come with emotions attached. So the issue starts to become, as I just said, where is it? Where's the peak? Where's the end? Obviously, we know where the end is, but where's the peak? Where's the end? What's the emotion that's being felt? And here's a key, key thing. Which emotions drive most value for you? So if you were to evoke an emotion, then which emotion should you be evoking that will drive most value. And getting back to the very beginning uh, of our conversation, then surely that should be the things that you are measuring. Uh, And if you can define which emotions drive net promoter, for instance, uh, then you should be measuring those, uh, those emotions as well, because those go forward to drive memories which creates loyal customers
0: and is this likely to be that those is this likely to be different for each brand each company each vertical
1: yeah um some of them would be core okay so something like trust would be core okay um but um um absolutely you would then need to start to select well which emotion is it cared for is it valued is it delight is it excited? is it you know what what is it and how does that align to the brand? Um, and, and is that the right emotion? now once you've discovered what that emotion is, um, you can then start to design your experience to evoke that emotion and start to stop things that you're doing that are causing you know um, the customers if you chose something like cared for not to feel cared for. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it, absolutely. And the in the course of researching this, um, Colin, did you come across any companies or study any companies that are, really are so good at this that they 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 show that they understand each of these seven imperatives and, and therefore are a sort of a best case study? Yeah,
1: and and what it, what the surprising thing is, or the unsurprising thing is, uh, some people do this without necessarily understanding the science behind it, you yeah? know, so organizations like you know, the usual suspects, Ritz Colton, Harley Davidson, um, um, you know, um, the, those types of leading CX companies, Apple, I would put there, but I'm biased. Um, the, you know, those types of leading organizations, a lot of them are doing this stuff without necessarily understanding the science that goes behind it, but for me again, where you should be getting to is, uh, and hopefully your podcast helps, um, where we should be getting to is the the people should be understanding this to be able to understand how they can change their measures to stop them flatlining as, as they are.
0: Uh, one of the points i see you make in the book is that habits drive many of customers of your customers decisions and what interests me there so if 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 i am a competing company so if i'm a company that wants to sort of you know obviously steal customers from a competitor how can i go about breaking their habits so that they join so they come and buy my product or
1: service yeah good question um so how can you break customers habits well first of all again you need to understand where that habit is is okay and and some organizations again going back to your question earlier are are doing this already so for instance um they people know that when people go on vacation uh it's a good time to so newspapers whatever it may be it's a good time to encourage them to switch because they're in a in a different environment. If you go into a supermarket, um, then the the ends of aisles are a good place to obviously show special offers. But that's not just the special offer. It's the fact that the example we always use is toothpaste. You know, you don't go into a store and go, I wonder what toothpaste I'm going to have today. Um, you go in and get the same toothpaste that you've gone for probably for the last 10 years. So how do you how do you switch them? Well, it's therefore changes in promotion, changes in displays, uh, those, those types of things. So it's, it starts off by understanding what the customers' habits are and then effectively looking into how can you intervene? Uh, in that habit and how can you create a habit I mean a habit again this is where it goes back to the human bit a habit is we have habits all the time we we have habits in what we eat we have habits in the way that we dress in the morning and you know which sock do you put on first or whatever it may be Um, so you know habits are there to to help us save energy so it's a question of understanding where they are and then putting in place something that will um, to, to move them to your product that would um, shift their behaviour
0: Okay uh, so just a, a, a sort of a, a, a left field question on that so Colin is there anything that uh, a technology a sort of consumer tech company could do to break your habit and your of buying Apple products and your loyalty to them have you thought about it from your own perspective what is it that what is it that they could do to try and make that shift in your brain and your, and your lifestyle
1: um I think that 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 would have to happen over a period of time, okay, so one of the, and, and now you're getting, it's an interesting question actually Patrick, um, because now you start to get into what is it that's making me loyal to Apple. So partly it's the brand and the brand perception, okay, uh, and the perception of, of what Apple stands for. Partly it's, and this is maybe re-rationalizing this now but the intuitive nature of their software. I was only talking to my brother the other day and said I could never go back to using a Windows machine um, after using um, uh, OS, um, because it just feels much more intuitive. But if they were, so if over a period of time, uh, I was hearing lots of people telling me that this new system was absolutely wonderful, and then they gave it to me free of charge, for me to to look at and actually use, uh, and if Apple had been declining or there'd been lots of stuff in the newspapers about them doing not so good things, then you know those types of circumstances could end up with me going, yeah, maybe I should try this and maybe I should break that that habit.
0: It just it just shows how tough it can be to break in to break into a market with a new product, doesn't it? Because you've just outlined yeah. a series of steps there that a lot of work. So you know, a new technology company comes in to try and take some business from Apple. There's a lot. There's so much there to try and bring someone over in the first place, and then your job's only starting. Then you've, you're starting from scratch to build that loyalty that sort of plays out over time. Um, it's it's not easy, isn't it?
1: Uh, no, absolutely, and that, this goes then back to, and this is where all these things are interrelated. It's it's an intuitive decision, so it's a bit like, um, so intuitive. You know, um, uh, one of the skills of in, of being intuitive is typing. Okay, if I suddenly said to you, okay, I'm going to teach you a new way to type, Patrick, uh, you know, you've you've got to invest time and effort into doing that. And therefore, one of the key things you'd be saying is, well, you know, why should I be doing that? So, again, the whole concept here is you want to move your customers to buy things intuitive, absolutely, Mm -hmm. for the reason that you've just stated, which is it's then extremely difficult to move people away, uh, as opposed to, I don't know, um, cable companies or uh, mobile phone companies, carriers, where people switch, you know, as soon as look at them. Um, because, you know, none of them are creating truly loyal uh, customers.
0: The book is called The Intuitive Customer, Seven Imperatives for Moving Your Customer Experience to the Next Level. Um, The author is Colin Shaw, founder of Beyond Philosophy. Colin, uh, finally, would you like to let people, uh, listeners, know where they could actually buy the book, where they can find out more details about your company?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, So um, you can buy the book on Amazon or at all good bookstores, as they say. Um, uh, and, um, also find it on, um, our website, which is, uh, beyondphilosophy.com. Um, so just beyondphilosophy.com, uh, or my Twitter is, um, um, Colin Shaw underscore CX. Um, so um, look forward to uh, hearing from people.
0: And finally, from one podcaster to another, that's that's also where they'll find your wonderful new podcast that which you co-present with Ryan Hamilton, professor of of marketing. Um, the is it Emory University? Goes to business school in Georgia? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Professor Hamilton um, and I were the were the co-authors of the Intuitive Customer, and we've just launched the Intuitive Customer podcast where we get to talk about all this stuff every week, which is fascinating.
0: Colin, thanks for joining us and continue to discuss with everything.
1: Thanks very much. Nice to talk to you, Patrick.
0: Vox Pro, powered by TELUS International.
1: And for more insights from the masters of
0: customer experience, you can subscribe to the Vox Pro Studios podcast channel on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. And don't forget to check out voxprogroup.com for all of our latest articles, ebooks, and CX thought leadership. For now, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Vox Pro Studios, where insights live.